Hey, I'm Jenny. And I'm Lindsay, and you're listening to the Virtual Summit Secrets Podcast. This is a place for you if you want to learn all the things about hosting a virtual summit. We've hosted and produced countless summits, and we can't wait to share with you all of our biggest secrets. So sit back, grab your favorite drink, and get ready to put on a killer summit experience. Welcome to the Virtual Summit Secrets Podcast. In today's episode, we're chatting all about the five key elements of a profitable virtual summit. So let's dive in. So the first one is to have a niche focus for your summit. So it's really important to really hone in on a certain group of people. Now that certain group is up to you. Who do you serve personally? But um, make sure it's not super broad. So for example, we're going to use my summit right now because I'm in the midst of doing it. I have a summit for podcasters. So that is kind of broad because there's a ton of podcasts out there. There's a ton of podcasts starting every single day, but it's a specific group of people. Like if you're not starting or already have a podcast, you're not going to sign up for the summit and that's completely okay. Um, You can go even like more niche than that. But, um, yeah, we recommend, we actually recommend like, I mean, obviously in this case, I catered to, we're catering to people who are podcasters that are business owners. That's our tip to primary focus. So that takes it a step further. It's not just like every podcaster on the, under the sun, you can have a hobby or a business podcast. The focus of this um, summit is really for podcasters who have a business or want to start a business that incorporates with their podcast. So it is more niche in that sense. So for example, if you're a photographer, you want to make sure that you don't want to just do the photography summit. You want to be like the wedding photographer summit or the family portrait photographer summit or the birth photographer portrait, I portrait, the birth photographer um, summit, just something that's very, very niche. And like, it will only serve like a pretty small group of people. I know that sounds scary because you're like, but I want to cater to everyone because I'm going to have better results, but that's really not the case. And Lindsay and I can definitely attest to that because we have done broader focus summits in the past and they were not as successful as when we got even clearer with who we were serving. Mm -hmm. And another way you could get more niche is you could be targeting photography, like photographers, but maybe you're just, maybe your summit is all about lighting, right? So maybe it's not necessarily a particular group like wedding photographers or birth photographers, but maybe it's a specific aspect of photography. So that's another way that you can niche down. And I realized Jenny never said the name of her summit so it's the simply profitable podcaster no it's called profitable podcast what is it just profitable pod- profitable podcast profitable <laughs> podcast so that is what you were combining me and Christmas. <laughs> i was i was um so as you can see it she that's how it's pulling in the business side even in the name so profitable so if you're just having a for fun podcast you don't care about it being profitable, right? It's a hobby. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so there are different ways that you can niche down. Those are kind of the two, two ways, but definitely go more niche. And the reason is sure you can have a broad 
summit and you might get a lot of attendees. However, are all of them actually your target audience? And that's where you want to make sure you are attracting your target audience because it's going to get your um, upgrade more when you're more niche because it makes more sense to them. Um, and then you're going to be able to continue to have that relationship and nurture and make profit off of your new subscribers if they do fully make sense rather than having the summit and then having the majority of them unsubscribe afterwards. And then it also makes picking topics and speakers for your summit easier. So that's kind of another benefit of niching down. And then the second one, the second key element of a profitable virtual summit is making sure you have enough planning time. This is a non-negotiable. So in the next episode, in episode three, we are going to kind of tackle how long does it take to plan a virtual summit? So be sure to head on over and listen to that. Um, because again, we are publishing our first three episodes all at once. So it is up and ready for you to binge. Um, but we're going to really dive deeper into all that you need to consider and do and our minimum time frame. So head on over to episode three to dive deeper into that key element. So next up, we have picking the right speakers. So obviously you don't want to pick people who aren't going to be a good fit for your audience or just pick people for the sake of picking people thinking like, oh, they have a big email list. Let me pick them. And then not really being fully aligned with their topic or, you know, just picking them for superficial reasons. Like, oh, they have a big social following or big email list. That's not, not like necessary because I have found that a lot of the times people with like those really huge email lists, they may not even end up promoting or their audience isn't as engaged or whatever that that may be. So picking the right speakers from the get-go is really important. And this is why we really recommend like sitting down with a spreadsheet and really mapping out what topics you want to talk about and you want people to talk about and finding the right people that fit those topics, not trying to make people fit those topics. Because that's what a lot of people do is they, they're like, oh, these are the topics I want. And then they like try to force people into fitting these topics and it doesn't work out because, um, that's, you know, that's not how it works. So what you, you can do to make that easier is just like, when you look at that person's website, what are some things that you've seen them talk about? Maybe on their Instagram, what are things you've seen them talk about? And if you really want that person, then don't try to make your agenda fit to what they have to offer. Uh, pick like, you know, I'm sure they talk about something that can be applicable to your audience. So, um, make sure that that is aligned there and you're not just trying to put butts in seats that don't belong there essentially. Yeah. And I mean, I know we have gone cause with the up level, your biz summit, um, which we will be hosting one more time this year. Um, we do have our five general categories that we want the topics to fall under, but that, but what we do for them is we're like, okay, social media. And then we look for people we know under social media, but we don't try to like have a topic like say we, we've, we have wanted somebody to talk about TikTok or reels and we weren't really able to find anybody to fit that. So we weren't going to use somebody 
who might know a little bit, or maybe it's not their main focus just to fill that spot, right? We decided, okay, we don't have the right person to talk about this topic that we want. So we had to nix it. So that's kind of not forcing speakers into topics that, that you want. Um, and then another thing to consider when picking the right speakers is it, it is okay to have like one or two maybe anchor speakers, like these bigger audience, like these bigger well-known names that you can really kind of use in your promotion. Just know that they're probably not going to promote and, you know, and that's okay. But like Jenny said, we have found that the smaller people or like mid-sized people are the ones that tend to be way more excited about the opportunity, are more engaged with their audience because they are still in that kind of smaller stage and are the ones that promote and bring more people to our summits. So you would think it would be the flip because we see many people teaching, they need a certain email list, they need a certain email list, they have to send so many emails and then you're gonna get these number of people. But really it doesn't always work out because either they don't email or they only email a small segment of their list, but it's like, you wouldn't know because they're technically sending the email, you know? So it's like, it's more important to find speakers that have that good relationship with their audience and good engagement. That's really more important because somebody could have like a 10,000 person email list, but what if their open rates or engagement is like 0.1% or something? I mean, I think that that's a drastic thing, but that's going to be different than somebody who say has a hundred people on their list. But I mean, we don't go that low. We, we try to do a minimum of like a thousand just cause it needs to be, you know, but we have still got added people that don't quite have that um, because it's not like, it's not an absolute. It's just more like of a guidance, but if they have say a hundred people or a thousand people, but maybe they have a 50% open rate, which again is a little, that's, that's extremely high, but you kind of see the difference of, you would rather have more engaged um, than not. So that's kind of about picking the right speakers. And I believe we do have a set of episodes coming up where we do kind of dig more in to speakers coming up later this season. And then the next element, so key element number four of a prof profitable virtual summit is you need to have a good offer. And this is something that actually has taken us a little while to perfect. And like, we'll be very candid here. Like our very first virtual summit, we just sold the recordings, I think. And that didn't convert to too well. Just, not even just the record, just the recordings, literally no transcripts, nothing else, not even MP3s or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like at least now it has that element to it in our VIP all access pass, but it was literally straight out video recordings. That is all. Yes. And you know what? Our first summit, I think we did it the two prong. They got the first part free. And if they upgraded, they got like a more extended interview, but it was literally just the recordings still. Yeah. Yeah. So they got both parts, not just the one that was free, but still it was not not that great of an mm -hmm. offer. Like shout out to those original buyers because you are the real MVP for buying that. Mm -hmm. And I think we learned that that method also doesn't really align that well with us. Like I know others who do that and that works great for them, 
But for us, I don't think it aligns well because it feels like the good information is being held back behind a paid wall. And we like to give as much free information as possible. I mean, I know there is benefits to paying people take it more seriously. Like some, some people believe you have to pay to get results, but it's like, we also believe in putting our best foot forward and providing as much value as possible. Yeah. And with that format, we also had a lot of people asking us for our input and wanting to know our input because we did do interviews. That's kind of like, I mean, it's part of the offer because it was interview based. And, you know, now, nowadays we end up doing a presentation typically in our summits. We just do an additional presentation so people can know our input versus doing interviews. So they still get to hear from us. We're not like inserting our opinion on every single person's um, chat. I mean, we do do that in our take action sessions, but it's not like taking over their presentation. We're just like saying, Hey, I really have resonated with this, that X, Y, Z speaker said. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually a free offering, but, um, that's kind of going off on a tangent, but I'll let Lindsay finish up like about having. Yeah. But no, I actually think that also brings into our values and alignment as well as us figuring out our offering, because the free part of your summit is still part of your offering. So we're kind of talking about the good free part and like the paid part we weren't talking about good offering is we realized that people wanted more of our input when we do interviews, but we also from experience know that we don't typically learn as much during interviews and they tend to be more high level. So for us, we felt that presentation style one, let our guests like our speakers shine more than an interview because they really got to show their expertise and showcase what they do and wanted to share without us trying to drive a conversation. And then it did give us, like Jenny said, the opportunity to do these take action sessions where we might add some feedback, but we're really kind of sharing what we've learned and taken away from their presentations because we watch them all. We don't just have them get sent in and then just put them up. We literally watch them all and learn with you guys. Um, And even if it's topics we know ourselves, there's still at least one or two takeaways that we can come away with. And we like to have that conversation. So it's like, that's how we have kind of fine tuned our free offer. And it took us a while to figure out the flow and the format that really aligned with us our values and our audience. And then on the paid side, this is stuff that we feel like we find are still fine tuning, but we are learning a lot. And like on a side note, I am actually going through a program right now where I'm being funnel and offer and whatever certified. Um, And we're kind of excited. Like we're going to let's, let's tease it a little bit. We're going to have a very exciting um, program or course coming up probably Q2, Q3, if we're being realistic with timelines, where I can't wait to use everything I'm learning to help create a very awesome um, product for you guys to learn and use for hosting your own summits. But it's really helped us fine tune on what really makes a good offer. So as Jenny said, our first offers were like crap. You know, they weren't, they weren't that good. They, they weren't juicy, which I really hate that word, but you know, they, they weren't jam packed. Um, and now we kind of think about what else 
can we add in there that adds value? So now our VIP access pass really is just the recordings, but it has the MP3 versions. We are getting them trans transcribed and we are adding in a, um, like a nice workbook or, or note type type thing. So that way it also makes it accessible. Um, you know, as well. And then it's, it's lifetime access. Cause you know, summits are just a limited time. And then we have a product power pack, which is all of that and more to make it an even better, bigger jam-packed offer. Curious about if hosting a virtual summit will be a good fit for you? Then we've got just the thing. Head to summitsuccesssquad.com slash quiz and take our free quiz that will let you know if hosting a summit should be in your future. And this year we really value stack that. Like we continued adding on stuff, but didn't change the price because we wanted to make it like a no brainer offer. And that's really important because um, when people are investing money in you, you want them to you want to put your best foot forward and you want to have like the best things you can offer. And of course with summits, typically your bonuses are like other people's things, but you know, these people are giving away these amazing things. So you want to put your best foot forward with all the things you can give away too. So not only did we give away like items in a bundle, but Lindsay and I also did some live trainings that were included, um, some giveaways that were only for VIP people. So it was very, very, very value packed, but we didn't like hike up the price way crazy because we added these things. It was just more of like, Oh, look what else you get for this crazy price. And, you know, really enticing people to buy because the offer was so good. It wasn't just like, Oh, here's the videos mm -hmm. and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then lastly, good follow-up and like nurturing your people once they're there is really important as well. So we kind of mentioned this in episode one, but I'm going to dive a little deeper into it now, but it's really important to, once your people get on the list, whether they come from your own list or they're, you know, completely brand new to you, you want to make sure that not only do they see, receive the email once they opt in, like, Hey, you got your ticket. Yay but they actually hear from you continuously throughout the weeks leading up to the summit. Because like I mentioned in episode one, if you just email them that day that they sign up and they sign up on the very first day of promo and they don't hear for you again for like a month, that is not going to be good. They're going to like get that first email for the summit and be like, Oh, I don't even remember signing up for this. Like what happens in the month, like, especially in 2020 and 2021, like the, I feel like these years have like combined together and just been one really long year. Um, but people forget because they, there's so much going on. So you need to make sure that you're constantly, not annoyingly, but constantly letting them know like, Hey, you sign up for the summit. Here's some more stuff that you can get and make sure to join us in our Facebook group or whatever, you know, whatever your community is, if it's on like something like circle or something, um, which is a new kind of app, kind of like Slack, um, that people I've been seeing people use for community. Um, just make sure that it's just something that people, get constantly, but it's not annoying. Like you don't want to be like sending them an email every single day, but like space them out, maybe every three days, every, um, four days, something like that. And just make sure that they're just constantly getting more and more excited about the summit versus you falling off their radar. Cause that would not be helpful for you in the long run either. Cause then at that point they, you know, they're not going to participate in the Facebook group or whatever community you have. Um, and that's really 
you just need to kind of get them excited from the beginning so that they know that you are there for them and you, you know, you're going to continue. Not only did you just get their email address for the free ticket, but you're going to continue providing them value leading up to the summer and after the fact. Yeah. And that is, I think a piece that I know we have failed in the past, especially in some of our first summits, because this is the easy place to drop the ball with so many things going on and to plan a virtual summit, which we'll talk a little bit in the next episode on how long does it take to plan? Kind of we touch on some of the things that you need to do and why we recommend the time frame we do. Um, but it's the easiest thing to kind of drop the ball on. But I think it's one of the most important because if you're not building that rapport, if they're not getting reminders about the summit, they're not going to show up. They're not going to possibly upgrade. And I don't even, so yes, getting people to upgrade you definitely want, obviously, for your summit because you're spending all this time and possibly money on it. But you also need to realize they're a real person. And I mean, you are in business. If you're not making money, you know, you're not a business. So you do want to kind of think about the lifetime value of a subscriber or a customer, right? So you don't want to just get somebody on your list for the summit and then never talked with them again, because then you've missed all of these opportunities to sell to them. And we are definitely in an integrity though, because I truly do blurb, I can't talk right now. I truly do believe that selling is serving. And I think I heard that from Anna Franson, but like if you have the thing that's truly going to help somebody, you're kind of doing a disservice if you were not sharing it with the world. Like if you have something that can help people, you are doing a disservice to the world. And like with Jenny, we'll go back to Jenny's podcast as an example, uh, the profitable podcast podcasting. Profitable podcast summit. You mean? Yes. Thank you. Oh, well, I couldn't tell if it was a <laughs> podcast or podcasting like short attention span here or short-term memory. Um, it is geared towards those podcasters who want to make their podcast profitable, right? To use it as a business, to really increase that business. And I know I can't wait to listen to all of it too, because I do have my own personal summit or some, my own personal podcast that I'm going to restart, um, up this January. So this month, um, hopefully, uh, 2020, like knocked all things down but it's okay. I'm going to get back up there, but right. So it is a huge service to people to offer those lifetime recordings and all of the amazing bonuses and offers that she has, because if somebody really wants to take it seriously and could benefit from all of that, like if she's not sharing that you can upgrade and the benefits of upgrading, then she can't help anybody. Um, so you need to kind of do that follow-up and nurture on the two levels. Like you, you need to nurture them as a person. And we've talked about in like the Facebook group, like you don't just want to be pushing your summit or whatever you want to be adding value. You want to learn about them. Like one of my favorite one is like paste a picture of your fur baby, right? We both have animals. Um, and like, that's, that's just fun. That has nothing to do with business, but it has everything to do with them as a human being. Um, and then you do good follow-up as well. So like, you don't want to mention your upgrade option once and never mention it again, because 
people aren't going to know. And then obviously that comes into play as well, that you're not going to make as much money either if you don't mention it again. And part of a, for some reason, I was thinking we're talking about a successful virtual summit, but this whole episode is on a profitable virtual summit. So yes, you do need to remind them that an upgrade option is available because you do want to make some profit. So it's kind of the twofold, um, you know, uh, approach there. But again, I think you need to kind of ground yourself and realize that each attendee or each person on your list is an actual human being. They're not just a number. So when you kind of look at it, look at it through that lens and that it's a human that you can possibly help, then um, those sales emails, those following, you know, those reminders, those talking about your offers won't feel, you know, bad. Um, do you have anything else to add Jenny before you wrap up? No, but just if you are considering hosting your own virtual summit and you're feeling kind of overwhelmed, just like take a step back and start like with the planning process and really just focus in on that. And it will make it so much easier because then you'll be able to really just, um, kind of digest all that you have to do and then it will feel a lot better. So, um, yeah, just make sure to follow these five key steps that we mentioned and you're likely to have a profitable summit. Um, obviously your first time might be a little tough, but, um, not in terms of money or anything, just in general, like the learning curve. But, um, if you follow these five steps that we've learned over the past, you know, six times that we've hosted summits, um, then I think you guys will be on the right track. Yes. And I think also remember, I know this episode was on a profitable virtual summit, but a successful virtual summit isn't just about money or attendees. It's about relationships and uh, community. So keep that in mind as well. And then we just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find the show notes at www.summitsuccesssquad.com slash episode dash two. And then if you are getting ready to plan your virtual summit and you don't know what to do, we highly recommend our summit planning blueprint where we go into our five P summit planning framework. And you can snag that at www.summitsuccesssquad.com slash blueprint. And then if you have been enjoying this podcast so far, we would be so very grateful if you could rate review and subscribe to virtual summit secrets podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google play. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for spending time with us today on the virtual summit secrets podcast. If this episode was helpful, be sure to share it on social media and tag us at summit success squad, or personally share it with someone, you know, could benefit from the episode. New episodes will be released every Wednesday. See you next time.